Well, hello, Nicole. Hello, Evie. Boop, 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 boop. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking bad. Breaking bad. Here she, here they, here we <laughs> are. Cheers. Cheers to the queers. Cheers to the queers. Cheers. Uh, so how you doing, friend? I'm good. It was a long day, but um, good. Good week. Had a fun time yesterday. Uh, we, I went to a Taylor Swift brunch. Oh, that's right. A drag queen show, drag queen and king show performing Taylor Swift songs at um, a really cool place. Uh, Where was I, it? I cannot remember the name. It's a whiskey something huh. in downtown over by Easter Market. Um, it's a, it was a like a tasting room type place? Or? Yeah, they had the barrels. It was kind of like a um, one of those sort of uh, big open spaces. Uh-huh. And they had the long tables. I don't know if it's always set up like this, but this is for this event. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like the German pub style, like long tables. And like, so it looks like it was like a tasting room maybe. Right. Um, but uh, so it was really cool. They did a really nice brunch. Although I will say, I'm going to say, I'm going to just say this. There wasn't a lot of options. I didn't love that. Like, they did a meat thing. I hate and that. And then they did a regular egg thing. And then it was pastries. Yeah. And that was it. If I'm paying $55, <laughs> give me a fucking bagel with cream cheese. And I know you don't eat, but with lox or yeah. something. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want a variety. I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, the food was good, though. What we had was good. Um, and then they performed some Taylor songs. Nice. Yeah, so it was good. Um, other than that, I can't think of anything that's sticking out this week weekend, but that was fun. Yeah. And yeah, you're just uh, overworked and overtired. Overworked, that's overtired. it. No big deal. And it's you know, it's kind of that just that weather that like. Oh, I know. Not much going on. And the groundhog did or didn't see their shadow, and it's going to be six more weeks died. of. That was the uh, the Canadian one, um, Sir Marmont or something like that. Rest in peace, soldier. We, we got it from here. Yeah, we got but it from there, here. But the but there is a Detroit one. I can't remember what his <laughs> name is, and Crown he on. was the opposite of Punxsutawney Phil. Okay. And so we're gonna believe that one, where they say that it's spring is gonna be here sooner than. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's been a, a shitty winter, but it always is. You know. It's, it's, I mean, how does that work anyway? What is it? Six more weeks till winter, or six more weeks uh, till spring? Or six more weeks of winter. Isn't that the same thing, though? Like having... <laughs> Wait a minute. Rain. <laughs> well, because there would be six more weeks of winter. Or s- spring comes six weeks early. I, Which would mean it starts now. Which, yeah, it's I think spring. it's just Happy li- spring. literally... I think, it's, I think it is what you said. And it's, it's, uh, it's, wow. It literally means the same thing. It's just the way they say it. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, it know. is not spring. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe one of our listeners could uh, correct me on that. Um, yeah, it was. It's fairly warm out today, though. Speaking of, I left food in the car. Do you think it was too warm to leave food in the car today? I don't think so. It did not get up above 43 degrees. Okay, so is that what we're kind of? Gauging? That's usually like the refrigerator like temperature. It's <laughs> like 43. I don't want to throw away my frozen meal and my yogurt. Yeah, no. Like refrigerators are generally at like 43 degrees. Okay, cool. That's like a safe refrigerator temperature. All right. So, all right. I don't know why that just came up, but it was. I noticed. I was like, oh crap. Hey, listen. That is on, one of the only good things about living in a cold climate <laughs> is like, when your fridge is over full you're just like oh I'll just put it in my grill yeah yeah oh that's smart 
Yeah, I do it all the time. The only problem is sometimes you forget that you've stored things out there and you go out in springtime and you have a science project in there now. Fair. It's a little bit terrifying. I had an entire dish of candied yams out there that had an ecosystem was was pretty Um, wild. I, uh, when I was young, at my mom's house when we would have to do dishes and it was like a really bad dish oh my god your mom was so mean I, I'd bury it in the snow what? it happened all the time like I'd hide it or like bury it in the snow and then she'd get so mad when the spring came because there would be like a dish with six shit. dishes <laughs> yeah but she was a caterer so you know we always had like she always had dishes in and out and always stuff like Coming, you know, we always had a lot of dishes. She has a lot of dishes. Yeah. So you I know, feel like she's not going to notice this, but okay. I don't want to wash it. So in Malaysia, um, in the restaurants there, like generally speaking, like they don't have like a dishwasher system sort of like we do. A lot of the restaurants would just hose things down in the back alley. Okay. When we were, yeah. 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 It was, it was so wild. It was just (laughs) absolutely insanely wild. And, and the other thing too, that all the restaurants have like, uh, sinks available, like outside of the bathroom for people to wash their hands before eating because most people eat with their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there's, so there's plenty of ways to keep yourself nice and hygienically clean, but like the way they wash dishes there is really kind of trippy. Did they use soap? Oh yeah, I mean, okay. they absolutely so used like soap. Festival. It was just totally trippy to watch. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like what a fucking pain in the ass for a restaurant to have to deal with. Yeah. You know, but most of the places were such hole in the walls that like they just didn't have the space for all that extra plumbing. Yeah, that's true. But it was like festival. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, in yeah. The freezing cold. Absolutely. And that weird sponge. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How was your week? My week was good. good. Oh my God. Friday night we went to uh Riot Girl punk show. Oh, is that when you text me at three in the morning? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> I went to bed at stupid o'clock that morning. Yeah. Um, but I have to recommend these bands to our listeners. My very favorite of the night was a band called Macho. I don't know if they're called Macho Detroit or just Macho. Nice. They were fucking phenomenal. They absolutely reminded me like of Bikini Kill and Bratmobile and Slater Kinney from back in the day, you know? And uh, then there was the Killer Pixies and they were, okay, so the the Macho, they're kind of like around our age, okay? So they kind of, you know, grew up around, you know, with with Riot Girl. Sure. Um, Whereas, the killer pixies are like in their 20s they're like babies they were so they're so fucking talented i'm so like i'm are they detroit bands yeah they are detroit bands and the thing about them though i mean they were so amazing but amos and i just kept joking like okay we're just gonna pretend that all the kids in this band are our children (laughs) because we're old enough to be their parents and that's why the old people are in the room right now was it like riot girl were they like yeah girl punk fans oh yeah it was totally yeah Yeah. well not all girls i mean there are some non-binary trans people um and then there was another one called girl fight which is a husband wife team and um he like plays bass and has guitar on a loop and she just like wails on this guitar and screams into the microphone it's so fucking good where did you see him at uh pj lager house god i'm in the lager house no actually i I went to lager house not that long ago to see bitch 
Yeah. Yeah. So you I know, was just at the Lager House. The best thing about the Lager House, too, outside of awesome shows, they have killer vegan food. Yeah, they have they have a great menu. They really um, do. You can buy a lot of things at the Lager House. There's a lot of good drinks and there's like all this stuff that we used to buy at the Lager House. Like, yeah. And their food is And I have I have googly eyed the shit out of that place. Yeah. I mean there are probably at least ten to fifteen sets of googly eyes that. around. It reminds me of like old time Detroit when we used to like with Anne and we'd go to well mostly we were following a certain someone around Detroit and going and checking out their music all the time and stuff but you know as much as like that was like our running joke it was awesome because that person's incredibly talented and then on top of it I got to like learn so much about Detroit music I met so many people in bands we would there were so many cool places we'd go to we used to go to um this theater called the the Adriac Theater, and now it was basically these dudes uh, who I feel like they were in a band. I can't think of the name of the band. They were pretty big around Detroit, and they had an um, an apartment, but it had like like a kind of uh, little stage. Like it was a, it was a loft. Uh-huh. Like how those lofts were kind of big around that time. It was really spacious. It was right. A, you remember? You know where Bazookies is? in downtown it's yeah. a strip club yeah it's in that building okay so it was a huge apartment and they had like a stage off to the side like a, a pretty decent little stage and they'd have bands there and it was so fucking cool we went and like we'd go there all the time and you know we were all always there for a reason but like i got to see so many cool like detroit bands and i miss i miss live music yeah yeah, yeah. it's really fun every time i go and see a show i'm like i gotta do this more often well i definitely felt that way after that show and also like i can't do this as often as i would like though because <laughs> I mean, first of all, Macho didn't even go on until midnight, yeah. and we were there to see them um, because we kind of know, or Amos kind of knows uh, one of the people in the band, and Yo-Yo actually invited us out and is friends with the band. So it was like we were there to see Macho, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the other bands were fucking bonuses for sure, but it was like, okay, they're not going on until midnight, so got to strap on my big girl panties and, yeah, you know, really late. make it. <laughs> So, I mean, we didn't even leave until bar closed. You know what I'm saying? Because they were on, you know? So it was was hard. Yeah. On my older body, it is definitely hard. Yeah. I don't even look anymore. Like, I literally succumb the fucking Metro Times. Oh, my God. Bands every single week. That was my life. In LA, when I lived in LA, LA Weekly, every Thursday that came out. LA was Who's playing? Who's playing? They had the thing about LA, though. First of all, if there was a show that was like at um, the Knitting Factory. I know there's one in Brooklyn. Was that in LA too? Yeah. In space something. And then there was a place in... There's Spaceland. Yeah. And then there was a place in... um, Not Eagle Rock. What is Silver Lake? That had like all these places. Every time we wanted to go see a Martini Lounge? I don't remember. It was a hipstery place. They were... Would constantly sell out though. I've never lived somewhere where the shows would sell out like LA. Like... Every anything anything I wanted to see would yeah. be like sold out in like ten minutes. But but we did um, we definitely did go check out some like some fun bands that we didn't. Oh yeah, I mean I used to be able to go see bands a lot, like yeah. very very regularly, and I mean you'd get up close and personal with them because they'd be at the Troubadour and they'd come out and hang out afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. That yeah. was I really do not regret my hard partying life you know because i got to do a lot of fun you know like there's something to be said for if you're gonna be a fucking partier you're in 
LA. Like it's kind of, <laughs> kind of rad. You, if you're gonna do drugs, do them in LA. Yeah. Oh my god, I did great drugs in LA. Great times. Rooftops. We should not have been on the rooftop with the amount of times that we did drugs on a rooftop. Um, there was no, <laughs> no, no barriers nothing, to like. No. We were just like. We're running around this fucking rooftop, like Anne and Allison and Barbara and I, and just but yeah, probably shouldn't have been doing drugs on a rooftop. But it was it's it's LA. Hey, you know, and we're still alive to to, to tell the tale. So true. true. Um, all right, so um, shall we? Let's get to topic. That's such a good song. That really is a good I song. I mean, it's a classic. You know what? You have such a good taste in music. I know. You're so beautiful. I am. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I don't know exactly what that was. It wasn't a burp. It was like a, it felt like something crawled in my throat. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what? Um. I would really like it if we could, you know, get together and hang out all the time. Yeah, actually, um, I was thinking that uh, this is just we have a really good connection. Yeah, I don't want to spend any other time with anybody but you. And I think we should, um, yeah, make it official. Yeah, could you just move in and never leave? I already did. Oh, good. So you're not going to go to work tomorrow? I want you to get a job from home so that we can be together all the time. Well, and it's not like I want you to do that. It's just that you're so fucking amazing oh my god you're the and, best i can't even get enough of you i know and like having you around me drinking you in having you around me makes me feel like a better person it's like a sunrise in maui you are that beautiful that was cheesy thank you <laughs> um so we're not great at it but what we're getting at Love bombs. We're dropping bombs on you, baby. <laughs> We're dropping bombs, bombs on, on you. you. Now, I want to preface by um, love bomb is definitely, I know it's been around for a long time, but it's definitely a buzzword. It like is. It's, yes. It's I, I Obviously, the act of it has been around for a long time, and I'm sure the word has too, <clears throat> or the saying or whatever, but. It is definitely a buzzword right now. It like, totally is. And that's why I was so interested when you brought it up as a topic. I was like, yeah, it's a good idea because it is so topical right now. Yeah. And I think that, that you know, like when there's like terms of art, right, that are used in certain professions, like love bombing is, you know, it's a term of art for to describe specific types of behavior mm -hmm. in certain specific situations. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So you get this term of art and then people kind of latch onto it and, you know, like culture at large kind of latches onto this thing and it starts to maybe get a little bit diluted because oh, it's sure. like the game of telephone. Like what's love bombing? What's love bombing? You know? And so it's like you, you, you think it's this and then you think it's this and then you think it's yeah, this. And then because everything turns everything into love bombing. Turns, yeah, yeah. It's like somebody gives you a compliment and you're like, oh my God, they're love bombing me again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know? like words like toxic and yes. everything turns, or you know what? I'll even say narcissism, a narcissistic. Yes. There's that you it's overused so much Honestly, and I don't know if it's yeah. You know why? It's because fucking Donald Trump. 
the world's fucking leading narcissist became fucking the leader of the goddamn free fucking world. And everybody now knows what a narcissist is. And now it's a buzzword. Well, I mean, I notice um, social media is where it's it just festers and it takes off. And the way that people are calling everything, everything is ridiculous. Now, obviously, we're jumping on this train a little bit because we are talking about love bombing. Absolutely. I will say what I do like about these kind of things is that um, it's nice to have a name for it because I'm going to be honest, I'm a hundred percent guilty of love bombing. Like I know the behavior now and I feel like I've changed, but I know that was a problem I had before. Uh-huh. And I also know that it happened to me and I never had a word for it. And it happened fairly recently. Okay. Ish, ish, not recent reason, but like, you know, and when I step back, I actually thought, holy shit that is an actual thing and it was a pattern and so like yeah so i i like that it's sort of like there's a name for these behaviors and for me it helps me like check myself and be like oh wait that's something i do like i thought it was being charming (laughs) and turns out it's not (laughs) well Mm, but i mean the intention wasn't always good like again that that's a huge pivotal part of of love bombing sure, is sure. intention well and also like yeah because it comes into sort of like you know abusive behavior in a in a sense you know um and like there are things that like you know i'd like to think intentionally i wasn't thinking of you know do, wanting to be uh, manipulative or but I'm sure I was, and I'm sure I was using really pretty words and stuff to my advantage. So, like, yeah, it was I was still doing it. But, like, you know, again, this is – I feel like I've really kind of grown past this. But I certainly know I I did do it. And so I, I do – I am thankful to have, like, you know, these behaviors we're all talking about now have really helped me, like, learn to be a better person just overall, right? Sure, yeah. Um. Well, maybe what we should do is define it. Yeah. Like give like sort of a basic like front end definition off the top of your head. Go ahead. Off the top of my head from the phone or actually off the top of my head. (laughs) We were going to manipulate everybody, make everybody think that you just love bombing them. I get it it now. I get it now. (gasps) You're not any good at this. Actually, you're not. But no, I'm terrible. Uh, You should fire me immediately. All that ad revenue coming in. <laughs> Remember when we had ads? Anyway, Remember when we decided to start ads and then didn't? Oh, anyway. Anyway. We're so, you know, we're full of whimsy here at Queered. <laughs> so the definition that I have, uh, it's from thelesbianlife.com. Oh, this is lesbian love bombing. Yeah, now I did, yeah, because I did look up specific oh, okay. to lesbian love bombing. Interesting. Because of... You know, some of the quote unquote, uh, you know, signs of love bombing are actually like signs of being in a lesbian relationship as well. So I thought I would like kind of distill it even further. Yeah. Yeah. Please give it down. So but this is the just the general definition of love bombing. It's also known as an instant companionship. It's a coordinated (laughs) effort that includes flooding an individual with flattery, verbal seduction, affectionate touching and constant attention. Now, in order to constitute as love bombing, it must be in a short and inappropriate timeline for developing such strong affections and emotions towards another person. Um, 
An example would be someone telling you they love you on the first date or promising marriage after only two weeks of dating. So that's basically the bottom yeah. line definition. And, and the intent behind it is to manipulate the person into spending all their time with you or for falling, sure, sure. falling for you, right? So um, I'm just going, just speaking on my own behalf, um, when I think of myself in um, the, that ridiculous behavior, because I've definitely done all that, uh, I would say that I don't think my intent was to try to, well, certainly it all stems from um, some kind of control, right? Wanting to control it. That's the deeper issue. The, the, the front issue for me was that I, oh my God, I don't even know how else to explain it, but like I was obsessed with this idea of like intensity and passion and, you know, I had Pablo Neruda poems taped everywhere and this idea of these like, this love is, is only love if it's like fucking instant and, and chaotic and you know, big. Yeah. And, and how so, much of that? The, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying. So I, w first of all, even when it wasn't that, I would make it that because I'm, um, I have this sort of romantic, I, um, I, I am idealistic in that way. So I would see, you know, even if it wasn't that, especially when I first started dating girls, because first of all, I think we should all give ourselves a little break in that beginning because we were in relationships primarily with men. And if we, weren't attracted to men or into men it was a big difference to all of a sudden be with a girl and be like whoa yeah, this is sure. it forever let's get married um <laughs> and it was it was literally confusing like that like the first girl I was like I love you yeah literally five minutes after yeah you know why are we married already like if god if gay marriage would have yes. been legal then and all of that and and what you're saying and that's why I looked up the difference sort of between the you know like regular love bombing versus you know what's yeah. like because like like I said, a lot of these signs are just sort of built into like lesbian dating. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we have a joke about U-Haul lesbians. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like most straight couples, like if you if you if one of your straight friends went out on a date with a dude and two weeks later was moving in with him, you would be alarmed. Yes. Right. But we don't get alarmed <laughs> when our lesbian well, friends move. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and so there is like sort of. Yeah, I mean, there are different timelines in lesbian relationships. So I thought it was important to sort of Definitely. maybe bring that angle in a little bit. And I think that's that's true. And that is the running joke. I think that we are, um, as, as a whole, just generally as people in, in our community, um, just all kind of having these conversations more. So maybe people are a little, you know, it's not, I, I don't seem, I don't see it as, um, and I think online dating and stuff like that also changed the like landscape a little bit of relationships. Uh, I just don't see it happening as much. Um, and I certainly wouldn't do it, but, um, but yeah, like I said before though, Oh my God, like I, every single girlfriend I had when I was young, I was like, oh, I'm gonna marry you. You're it. You're the, <laughs> you're the best person I've ever seen. You're the most magical person ever. Even when it was like, clearly not that absolutely like, I, I and, remember and so, yeah accidentally telling one woman <laughs> oh, yeah is oh, I know exactly <laughs> no I, honestly like that I was dating I said oh I said something like I I called her like the love of my life or something like that like accidentally like I don't even know it was like in conversation sure. and I just said something about you know oh, the love of my life or whatever and she's yeah. like oh my god did you mean that and I was like um, I 
Right. Probably. Yeah. Come to think I of guess it. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, it just popped out. And it's like, I mean, that's, that is, that has always been a problem for me. Like popping out with things that I don't necessarily mean, but I say them anyway. And because it sounds good. And <laughs> I'm not trying to manipulate anybody. It just happens. Cause in the moment you're feeling all these magical right, things. Right. So I know. It feels that way for a second, but you know, it's not going to land. Well, and I mean, I feel like that's also a sign of, um, and I don't mean this towards you, I'm speaking for myself, but sort of like an emotional immaturity. Oh, I am absolutely 100% emotionally immature. Because for me, I've done that to so many people where we've been on like a couple dates and I'm looking at them and I'm like, I love you. You're just so perfect. Yeah. And it's like, I don't. And, but like. But in that moment you do, right? In that moment, I and then also like other things maybe involved I don't even know about like substances or anything but like any you know alcohol or something you know your inhibitions are a little less and, yeah, and impulse I mean pulse control and, and if it's window. like an intimate moment oh, fuck. you know like yeah but um so yeah I think there is a little bit of a difference there between those kind of whimsical moments and um intentional you know, I'm trying Flooding. to, yeah. yeah, now I had experience recently with it and I don't know what it was. Okay. Well, tell me what happened to you that makes you think that maybe you were love bombed. Okay. So I, well, I really truly feel like I was, um, I'll just set the scene sort of right. Okay. So I was dating somebody and we kind of came from, uh, we were friends for a long time and it, it progressed really quickly over text messaging just being well being friends text messaging it it quickly for some reason or another at one point the text messaging changed to sort of like a more intimate trajectory right Uh uh-huh and still like friends or was it a little bit more like flirty 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 yeah so started going in that direction and then it turned into very flirty and then turned into like come over Okay. So I went over there and it, it at first it seemed like a maybe like more of a physical thing, you know, uh-huh. just sort of like a, a physical whatever. And then and I was fine with that. I was completely like complicit in it, like okay with it. And then once things happen, uh it progressed really quickly from physical to emotional. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, and and both, right? Physical and emotional. Yes. And it happened quickly and it coincided with something else that was happening in her life she was uh leaving one situation and going into another now okay during that process that's what kind of led me to think about the love bombing um because it was a process it you know there wasn't just like no intentions like there it was intentional and it sort of like led somewhere which is a little different than like just maybe a traditional organic relationship right 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 and so it it started and it was like really fucking charming like she was really good at saying certain things like um I I remember very specifically so uh we had this conversation one night right and it was sort of this like intimate moment um in the middle of the night whatever and she says to me she's like you know you know our situations kind of reminded me of this movie right and this movie like one of the the, in the beginning it's all black and white and then 
you know, eventually there's like a little piece of color in it. And immediately that's when I was like, Schindler's List. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah, no, it wasn't Schindler's List. Thank yeah, goodness. Yeah, that definitely, would be really awkward. I know. And, and I will kind of always sit on that. <laughs> It's like one of the more uh, maybe romantic moments of my life that I was like. But you didn't. Did you say it out loud? A hundred percent I did. A hundred percent I did. (laughs) And she was like, no, 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 no. And and the movie she was actually talking about is called Pleasantville. Okay. So what she was getting at, she's like, there's this movie that's all black and white. And then it turns into color. And being with you is like seeing that color. And, you know, aside from it, Schindler's List, because no, but Pleasantville, that's like one of the most romantic ideas ever. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but like, it's basically like this whole movie, the first part of it, the first chunk of it is like all black and white. And then once the characters begin to feel certain things and be more themselves, they start to see color. So she was like sort of relating this whole idea of like, with me, she's, she's color because she's being more of herself. Right, right, right. So, of course, I'm thinking sexuality and think, you know, she it primarily dated men before. And she's like, with you, it's a different life. It's a different world. I see, I'm seeing color. Yeah. Like, it's big. It's sure. beautiful. It's full. And so I'm like, and that's one of the most fucking romantic things ever, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'm like a love bomber, so I would have said that. But, like, the fact that she did, I was like... Wow, you're saying that to me. And that's another thing with it, like with love bombing. And, and I'm not proud of myself for doing it. But when it gets done to you, especially as somebody who's done sort of that, it's really easy to be like, wow, that's incredible. Like that, you know, you're actually making those efforts with me. And so it turned into this, you know, that was sort of the... It's like she uh, sort of set an ex, not an expectation, but she sort of like set it up to where everything else was kind of gravy because that was such a beautiful thing and a beautiful moment, even though I almost ruined it with Schindler's List. Like she (laughs) she almost died when I said Schindler's List because she was like, no, 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 no. You know, but that moment was so special that I was like, wow. Like, and so everything else that came after that, like, I related to that right okay and so we had that we had that moment and it was beautiful and she was really really intimate with me and really personal and then um quickly quickly right after that we'd only been dating for like a few weeks it was the I love you's it was like and it and the best part was that it was like it wasn't like um a nervous I love you it was an accidental Oh, which yeah. feels so organic you know yes. like the, oh i love you and yeah. like oh like, my god oh, shit, I, oh my god, I can't believe that i said that but yeah. i love you. yeah so of course i'm like and i i couldn't say it back right away because i was like Ugh, uh, like i was like what i was still a little hesitant because yeah. i was like hmm. well, wait so can i ask you a question though? sure sure so uh, but i mean you also did say that you had been friends for a while before yes. that so i mean like i mean in some ways that can, you know, sort of expedite that process. 100%. It's not like you didn't know each other. You know, there 100%. was no contact. No, 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 you know? for sure. For sure. I, listen, that's and the I'm, whole reason why. in no way trying to excuse any of the behavior. No, but I'm let me ask. Cause, yeah. Because once again, like we said earlier, you know, it's like, you know, telling the difference between a lesbian relationship and 
Yeah. I love bombing relationship yeah, yeah, can sure. be tough. So yeah. Well, that's why I like was like, yes, this is okay. This isn't, you know, I don't know that I was even really thinking about love bombing them, but I'm like, this isn't weird. This is natural. She's right. just in love with me. We were yeah. friends. I who can blame her? I mean, let's be honest. To be fair, like, listen, there is, you know, I am, of course, we're all insecure about things, Hashtag right? Nicole's perfect. We're all insecure about things. But there's this part of me that is so grossly secure about people falling in love with me. It's not, I'm not proud of it. It's just the way my brain works. And the reason it works that way is because my brain is so weird and specific and my interests are so weird and specific that like, I'm like, okay, if somebody's really interested in me, it's because they see value in what I'm interested in. And since that's like such a weird and specific thing, they're going to fall in love with me. It's silly, but it's, it's how my brain works. So I'm not surprised if anybody's in love with me. Now, does it happen? No, no. I'm not saying that like, I'm not that confident where I'm like, oh, you're going to fall in love with me. But if somebody is, I'm like, yeah, because you see it, right? Yeah, like, right, Australia? Because you get it. You hear it, Australia, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm just like, you know, and, and it doesn't happen anymore, like, often. I'm not, like, overly, you know, and also I don't, like, meet a ton of people. I was just going to say, you're not overly out there either. No, nope, I don't overly meet, putting exactly. Out there, so I'm yeah. not, like, being self-deprecating, but I'm saying it doesn't, like, like, it, it used to happen a lot more when I was, like, putting myself out For there sure, more. For sure, yeah. But I could see it. And so with her... I could see it. So I wasn't like thinking like, oh, well, I was charmed by it. I was actually like, wow, this is real. And then from there, it moved to fucking from like 10 to 100 immediately. It was like within days, like, oh, so are, you're my girlfriend. I'm telling my child about you. What, should, can you move in? Would you like to move in? We're going to get married. I'm not joking. And this were all serious conversations that we had. And they were all had in a really sweet way. Yeah. And I was like, I was a little skeptical, but I was a little bit of a sucker for all of it. Right. Were, do you feel like you were like a little swept up in sort Absolutely. of the, the romance and, and the, or quote unquote romance? Yes. And say. the funny part is, is like, you know, and I don't mean this as an offense to her. I don't even think she listens to this. I don't really care. But I didn't feel that way. Like, I wasn't, like, swept up in the way that I was like, I want to move in with you. I'm in love with you. I want to marry you. No, I don't feel any of those things. But I was swept up in her feeling those for me. Right. Which because, is so easy to, like, yeah, which is very easy to confuse. It's, like, it's, it's sure. very easy to get caught up in somebody else's emotions and forget to check in with yourself yeah. about how you're feeling about it, especially I mean, in a situation like that where they're like really like like hurricaning quickly. You, you know? yeah. And I I sort of distance myself from this, you know, sort of romantic angle in my life. Right. Like I've been single for a long time and I never been single forever. And so for the last few years, I was like, OK, I need to do this. And so I haven't. Right. You've been more focused it. more yes. on like family and friends and yes. Like, and other I, things. Yeah. I hadn't leaned into it. And so it's been a long time. So it was sort of like that um, addiction when you've like stayed away from it for a long time. And then all of a sudden you got it and you're like, oh, and I, you know, sort of laid right into it. But again, my feelings weren't. I'm in love with you. I want to move in with you. I want this. I want that. And she could I, I know that she could tell it because I was a little hesitant, but I still went with it. And then something happened, something silly, something basic. It was a simple 
Well, I, I will say there was like a, a, a week or so where I, things felt a little off. And I don't know what I read into it, but I just, I'm, I'm very intuitive and I kind of felt a little off with things, right? Uh-huh. And then we got into a bit of an argument and I don't know, I don't think that we had argued. You could maybe like sort of argued in like a joking way, but I don't think that we had really argued. And then um, it was my birthday. She dyed my hair. She was bleaching my hair because we were going to dye it pink. It was my birthday. We had an argument and she fucking bounced. And to be fair, I didn't really reach out either. But she bounced. She just disappeared. And so she ghosted you right after. Ghosted. Yeah. Now, I will say, one of, <laughs> we had this conversation very early on. And I said, like, if you ever kind of feel iffy about it, just ghost me. I don't like the conversations about, like, I don't want to hear somebody sit and tell me about how they're not feeling it. I'd rather just deal with the ghosting. So I will say I did tell her to do that. But she straight up fucking ghosted me. <laughs> but the worst part is, is she bleached my motherfucking hair, but she didn't tone it. So I had, like... I look like Eminem for like three fucking days. <laughs> I had this weird ass bleached hair that wasn't toned and I had to wear a hat because I didn't know if we were going to be back together. We were still together. So I don't want to like insult her. <laughs> so I just wore fucking Eminem yellow ass hair. And then eventually when I got the hint, I toned it and dyed it pink. But yeah, for like three days, I was like, are we, are we, are we, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then when it came down to it, when I really started reading it, I started understanding, like, she was looking for something that it was it had nothing to do with me, but maybe something I could provide and not like monetarily, but like maybe emotionally, she had to leave a certain situation. And so I feel like I was just like sort of landing, you know, place and uh -huh. whatever. So right. I think it was a, textbook definition of love bombing like she used it and she said it and she did all this and was like that and the funny part I is, mean, is it does sound like I mean 100% without no. being a psychologist but like from just the things that I've read like yeah that does sound it, like it was 100% what 100%, it was yeah and the funny part is is like afterwards she was very like you know and I don't kind of my thing is like if we break up I'm not gonna fucking look at your shit I'm not gonna stalk your social media I don't want to see it out of sight out of mind right but like I do remember looking at it after because she wasn't somebody that I was that emotionally bent over you know right it wasn't like my last couple relationships before that were for years and years and years yeah so but I remember her like seeing things and and she was like like oh you should only date people that go to therapy and you should only do and she's very like into this idea of like what therapy is and what abuse means and what this means and all these like definitions that, that can be such a dangerous thing too like Fucking when you've yes. got somebody who like knows the lingo of things and one knows million how percent to, like, really kind of manipulate and turn those things around that is exactly to their own what benefit that's so 100 percent. so part of me was kind of like well oh my god people know we dated but then again not really many people did. I mean, my mom did, but my mom doesn't pay attention to that shit. And, like, her family, I don't fucking talk to her family anyway. But I was, like, part of me was, like, ew. Like, you're making it out like I was a fucking, like, maniac who, you know, and you're in therapy. So you're, yeah. you know, in a better place. Bitch, you totally fucking love bummed me. Yeah, and that then, totally sounds. And then you bleached my hair, left it yellow, and 
bounce. I mean that, I mean, it does go with the, the definition that we did come up with or that we did find. Fine. What is the definition? Right. The, the instant companionship, the flattery, the verbal seduction, affectionate touching, 100%. constant attention in a short and inappropriate timeline, developing strong affection and emotion towards another person. Oh my God. Yes. The intention of, you know, manipulating them to stay with you. 1000%. And, and not to mention she wanted to physically move out of her apartment or have somebody move in so that she could afford it. So it was for an actual reason too. Yeah. You know, like, like she needed help with rent. Right, you know, right. Like, yes, that was that's definitely uh, manipulative. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's right. not even like <laughs> a little she bit. She literally not. was like, "Can you come? I love you. You're fucking Pleasantville, not Schindler's List. Can you ha- pay off my rent?" <laughs> Bro, it was literally it was text, and and it's funny because I I felt it and I thought it and I said things and I was hesitant on saying things and she was even like. You know, it feels the same way. But then, like, at the end, I was like, motherfucker, you, did you read a manual on exactly how to do it and then leave? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I didn't get enough into the definition of love bombing to, like, uh, like, kind of sort of follow up with, like, how, like, love bombing relationships sort of (laughs) evolve, right? You know, so I'm kind of wondering, though, like, is it possible for like a situation to start off as love bombing in that manipulative way that's like gross and ew and like abusive or whatever but then like become a healthy relationship or sure, i it, mean do you think it's do you think it's possible to start to have a healthy relationship that comes out of an abusive situation yes i think it this is going to sound so gross but i'm going to be honest i think the way that i was kind of responsible for those sort of behaviors before left myself open to that possibility of like actually having a healthy relationship after because I actually valued those people. I wasn't love bombing with the idea of like, like I, if I am not interested in somebody, I'm not gonna only not love bomb you. I'm not gonna fucking talk to you. Like I'm pretty, like I'm pretty set on that, right? Yeah. Like I've been in a couple situations where I've sort of entertained dating somebody and I've said things and then, but I cut it off. Like I'm quick with that. So if my, if I'm really love bombing someone, chances are it is because I do have intentions of like being with that person. Right. I have never, and I will never pursue somebody or want somebody for something that it will give me. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the, I, I think, I think that's where it comes down to for me. I mean, so it's, it is a behavior, it is an abusive behavior, sure, but it isn't necessarily abusive. Yeah. I mean, I've, that's sort of the line and that's sort of a difficult line to kind of walk. I've been a shithead with that, like with like using the behavior part, but I would never pursue somebody to get something out of them, like a fucking roommate or, you know what I'm saying though? Like, no, and, and, and. I, I see that in a lot of straight relationships, though. And that's a whole different story. Yeah, but you like, know, I mean, like, ugh. I will never do that to try to, like, take advantage of somebody because I've, and this isn't a great reason. Uh-huh. I'm not proud of this. But because I value my time so much that I would never waste it on somebody that I'm not 
at least into or interested in yeah. to like get something out of them. I would sure, rather but I mean, be I, I would think that all alone. love bombing comes from that place of like, I am interested. I am. I do want something from this person. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, yeah. I think that this, that person did care about me and like me overall, just like, like me, but I don't think she was in love with me and wanted to fucking marry me. I think that like came from like being in an, a shitty situation before wanting to be in a different situation with like sure. her, her apartment, her child, her life, and just this idea of me. Right. Sure. I would never and do so, that. To and so the other question though, sort of like that I have is though that like, in terms of being a love bomber, right? Sure. So in terms of being a love bomber, like you said that, you know, you definitely were a love bomber in the past. I have been. Yeah, for sure. So in those situations though, like were you, I mean, you were clearly, you know, doing, you know, the love bombing in order to get the person to be interested in you. Right. But also, isn't that sort of just, I feel like I was like, okay, so let's say love bomber. And there's a negative and positive. I would say the last girl I dated was like love bomber positive. I'd say I would be a love bomber negative because I don't really, I wasn't really like doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it because I fucking read little like, silly poetry at an influential age. I read Anna Karenina when I was sort of like developing ideas of love. I was just romanticizing things, right? Right. And it was because I f- cared about those people. Yes. And I wanted to be with them. Yeah. I wasn't using it to my advantage to like get. To control them. Or physically. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe I, was, maybe I wasn't a love bomber. Oh my God. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I was just fucking in love. I mean that's falling kind of. In love. Yeah. And sort of maybe huh. it's just the falling in love process. Maybe. For, you know. I mean yeah. like. Because it's not. I've never done it to somebody that I didn't really genuinely care about. And want to have a genuine like equal relationship with right and not like yeah i'm gonna order you around in your mind and i'm gonna then cut you off from everybody else in the world and all the things i mean i never thought that way the only thing i could think of is like maybe towards the end or if i did something shitty i i could see myself like being a love bomber to try to still keep them in my life when i maybe did something that you know, gave them reason to not be my life. Oh, so okay. That's what I mean when I say I there was manipulating behavior okay. behind it for sure. I'm I'm gonna admit that for myself. But okay. it was never with the intention of like I don't I, fucking anything like like you can't leave me or anything like that. Nothing right. like, nothing that. Well, like that. The control would have came from the fact that like, okay, I care about you. I fucked up. Yeah, maybe don't leave me in that way. But like again, it wasn't like it was it did come from a genuine place of like I care about you. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Good and bad. Well, I'm not. Pr- I'm not proud of the behaviors I, no, that I had. I, but I get it. I'm, but that's why we're talking about yeah. it, right? Yeah. And I do have an interesting tidbit as to where love bombing came from. Love to hear it. Have you ever heard of the Moonies? No. Oh, the cult. Yeah. Yeah. The cult. Yeah. That's where love bombing comes from. Really? Yeah. For real. It was first used by the 1970s. In the 1970s, by the Unification Church of the United States, which is the Moonies. Yikes. Yeah. Bikes. So it was first like talked about in 1996 in a book by a psychology professor named Margaret Singer. It was initially intended 
for use in cult recruitment as the technique of intense and inappropriate levels of affection that Hmm. was usually effective in luring new members. That makes sense. You know? And it's also frequently described uh, as a technique that pimps and gangs use to control their victims. Because if you think about it, it's true, right? Like, yeah. you like make somebody feel special, take care special, of you. special. Yep. And then you slowly break them Especially down. Especially that I'm going to take care of you or you're going to take care of me. We're in this together. Well, I feel like, I think like also the whole. Also, the big words of like, you're the most important thing on the planet yeah. to me. Like that like starts to build somebody up to make them think that well, this person could never hurt me. Well, and the you and me against the world starts to alienate Absolutely. the person from other people. And that's a, that to me, that if you want to love bomb me. Tell me it's us against the world and I'm going to fucking fall for it every well, time. Well, and when you're in that like sort of bubble, mm-hmm. right, that you're in when you're in a, a new relationship, it's like it really sort of does feel like you're kind of protected. And, sure, yeah. And safe and that you two are, you know, yeah. these like compadres. Well, or, I sort you know? of like... I don't hate the world but I hate the idea of the world a lot and like you know sort of this whole like civilization so if 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 I hear somebody who's like it's us against that like we're different we're special I'm gonna fucking fall for it every time well especially I think in a, a queer situation right where yeah and it probably really that's where it stems from it literally can be us against yeah world, that's probably right? where it stems from this whole idea of like yeah like it's yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm a sucker for Isn't that. Isn't that insane, though? It comes from fucking cults. And the Moonies are kind of the one of the biggest, though, to be fair. Like, that has been. Oh, yeah. And longest yeah. sustained. Yeah. And they're still, I mean, outside they're of Scientology still going. and yeah. a few others. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why I like, was suckered into. Well, I wasn't suckered into Scientology in the way that, like, I wasn't. You wanted but, to like, be suckered into it. Well, I, no, I have. Oh, you know, I read Dianetics. Um, I took the personality quizzes. If it wasn't for the money and the the way that queer people and women, you know, are like, you know, and like, um, uh, what's her name, Miscavige? Yeah, Shelly Miscavige. Yeah, you know, her, you know, however long the, now, like those those yeah. little things, I would have fucking joined Scientology in a heartbeat. I like the idea of that. You know, it, it's all this. It's all a all like old like psycho babble stuff that like. It's easy to fall into for me. You know, I can just hear great. Like, Dianetics is a really interesting book. And it's really, when you're done reading it, there's a very, it's very easy to lean into and sort of, like, excuse a lot of behaviors in that. So, yeah, I mean, there's something about it that was sort of, like, romantic to me in the way. And, like, yeah, any if anybody came up to me and was like, it's us against the world, I'm this. I'd probably be like... Maybe I should be too. And it's not for like not having like a sort of sense of self. I just I have a really strong sense of self, but I also have a really strong uh, desire for attainment. Well, I'm skeptical of everything else. I'm just skeptical of, you know, like we were talking about earlier about like jobs and what's important and what's real and what matters. Like, I don't. There's so few things that I fucking care about or that I think matter. Yeah. I think it's all a big fat joke. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, human civilization is in a lot of ways the big fat joke. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, so fucking interesting and like wild the way we've managed to coalesce around certain 
ideas and yeah. create certain things. Anyway, but if I think we're getting way off topic. Yeah, no, but all I'm saying is if it wasn't like male-centered and all that stuff, I would probably join a cult and I would probably be into that stuff. And so I can see why I love bombing that that the you know it originated there right because i i know myself and i know that i'm susceptible to all of that well yeah and i mean how well how better to get somebody you know indoctrinated into yeah and i think i feel like in a way like a lot of religion is kind of like that right 100%. it is sort of like oh jesus loves you jesus loves you jesus loves you yeah, but oh but guess there, what like... guess what um but yeah, I mean, that's my own diatribe. <laughs> they are sort of. Are that's so my like, own trauma from religion. Okay. They're sort of also like, Jesus loves you, but, and there's a lot of buts, but I don't know. There don't are know. a lot yeah. of buts. It's, it's, I, all, I'm, all I can say is that like, I actually can really see where that was sort of the origin because sure. Yeah. I know what I'm susceptible to and like, yeah, tell me it's us against the world. Well, I'm and fucking going with you. It's also kind of one of those things that is relatable you know and i think that's the thing that like so many of us like especially even though this is not a cult episode we are a cult podcast so i'm gonna go into this um i mean you know like we're not all you know susceptible to like i completely lost my train of thought no well you know what i was just thinking though what you're talking about that kind of like is sort of you know, and cults and stuff and these things, these are all really big feelings, right? Big emotions, big, big things in the world. And I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I know myself that I oftentimes live in sort of little things and my feelings are sort of little about things. Like, again, I don't know that I care about. So like big things when they come along for me, I'm listening. I'm interested in. So I can interested in it. <laughs> so I can see where like, Again, I can just see where I'm really susceptible to love bombing from all facets. Yeah. Well, I can see why love bombing is effective or also why it's a tool. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, like the thing is, is I think most of us do want something more. So I don't know. Right? You know, it's like, funny in that I don't way, think we're all susceptible to it. I think only well, people I, with big ideas and big I, you know, hearts and, and idealistic are more susceptible to it. Maybe I don't, I'm not even going to try to comment on that because yeah. I have no answer I think for that. So. Because I think that there are a lot of damaged people in the world who think that they're closed off to things, but could be susceptible to it. Regardless. Sure, sure. And I think it has, and I think that's, that's the thing. It's like, we are all kind of looking for, you know, certain things in our lives. And when a cult comes along, like we all look at cults and think like, oh, how did you ever fall into that? Cause it's fucking crazy. But really what happens is it's not, they're not going in for the crazy. They're going in because they got love bombed or they're yeah. going in because they've, they've been accepted by a group of people that they somehow identify with. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not that cut and dry. And I think that love bombing is an interesting technique that. I don't think it's cut dry, but I do think there are certain people that are more susceptible to it than others. Oh, I, I, agree I definitely with that. think I've been in situations. With I people absolutely that are, agree yeah. with that. But I also think that everybody is susceptible to it, whether or not they realize it. And I think it, I mean, it just takes the right kind of manipulation maybe that's smart yeah maybe, that's all i'm saying maybe you could approach somebody with a complete opposite way of like idealism that's a and right. kind of like, love bomb so in a in, like, so incognito like maybe mode the yeah. converse would be sort of like did you ever watch any of that like shitty like pickup artist stuff 
like on like they had some reality TV shows like I don't even know how fucking many years ago now where there was like these pickup artist dudes who were trying to like teach like other men how to pick up chicks no but I do yeah and the whole part and the whole thing about that was instead of like this love bombing thing it was the opposite yeah and they called it negging and they may have different terminology for it nowadays interesting but it's one of those things where like you go up to a hot girl and you say something to her along the lines of you know like yeah yeah I've you had, know, yeah. Well, like teaser, right. I've had you're better. Right. Yeah, I've had better. Yeah, I mean, those those little like knowing that you know she's hot, you want to yeah. let her know that you're hotter, right? So you kind of downplay yeah. it. So it's kind of like the antithesis. Or, yeah, the antithesis of, of that. Yeah, and it may. And I wonder though, like if you get it past that, like but all, ultimately, comes. it's all fucking manipulation. Yes, yes, yeah. That's and that's the thing. And I feel like negging could potentially be the opposite of that which could be something that could another also way of help love somebody bombing, yeah get into a relationship or a cult <laughs> pick one and our relationships all cults i don't know am i in a cult maybe <laughs> let's just leave it there well i have another question though about okay. love bombing what about love bombing friends have you ever loved bombed somebody yeah. to become your friend definitely definitely um majority of it was because I was attracted to them which is so gross to say but like pretty girls oh my god I want to be their friends even though sometimes I don't like them and that's a sucker no I don't do it now but like I've definitely (laughs) done it before when I was younger definitely um other than that yeah when I've been in situations where like I don't feel like I care as much now but when I was younger I being social and being liked was way more important so even there are people like I didn't really care about. Yeah, yeah, I would love bomb them to be my friend and mostly just so that they would like me and care about me. And so it was sort of like a, a social currency, you know? Okay. You know, and that I mean, again, I, do I do it now? No. And I'm very aware of it. But in there are certain circumstances when I was younger, hi, we're talking high school, early 20s and stuff where like being liked really mattered to me and and I can think of specific circumstances where there's so many people that I didn't fucking like yeah or that I didn't care about truly but I did that and I made those efforts just so that they would like me because it was like a social currency yeah so yeah yeah what about you oh I've definitely loved blonde love love blonde loved love bombed could I say the words yes I can love blonde um I've loved blondes and I have love bombed um, friends. Yeah. And mostly for me, it's just like one of those situations like where I think somebody is just such a fucking interesting magnetic person or whatever that I just really want to be their friend. Sure. You know, and so it's like I feel like I have love bombed people like that in the past. But I also feel like I've been love bombed by friends as well in the past, you know, and a lot of times in those situations, it's uh, it's like a shooting star. Like it, it burns bright, burns hard, and then it's gone. And it's not a real friendship. Yeah. yeah and that's sort of that. an interesting, I'm yeah. just kind of thinking about friendships that way too. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd have to really sit and think about that for a while. Um, I don't, I can't think of any specific circumstances where I felt love bombed by a friend. I'm sure it's happened, but like also. Like I'm thinking back to like, say, okay, my first time in college. Okay. Cause okay. I went three different times. 
So my first time I met this woman, her name was Brenda. My mom to this day is just like, Brenda, oh my God, thoroughly unimpressed with her. I don't know why you liked her. <laughs> I don't either, honestly, but you know what? Back then, like Brenda. I thought Brenda was amazing. Fair. And we immediately just clicked. You know how it is. Yeah. And you just click and you're just like, all about that person and they're all about you and you're just sort of in that little friendship bubble. It's very intense. It's almost like a relationship in like a romantic relationship sure, yeah. in that way, you know? And yet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've had a few of those. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I feel like we both love bombed each other and I don't, I mean, at the same time though, I don't know that we were necessarily manipulating each other in that way of like, I think Outside it's a little of, grayer with friendship, though. It is a little manipulative. Intentions, I want you to be my friend. Yeah, but also intentions aren't necessarily to, like, manipulate the person into that. It's you're just really, like, I feel like romantic you relationships really, really, more, really want to be their yeah, friend. You're, romantic relationships can be more gray in that way, like, you know, where you might be manipulating somebody into being with you, where, you know, and you want to control them. Whereas friendship, yeah, that stuff comes, but also I feel like the intention is probably a little less there. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. How about we do crushes? Let's do crushes. Let's crunch it away. Let's crunch it. to crush this week Nicole we're going to crush it I want to know who your crush is I always want to know your crushes it is very important in my life to know your crush my crush this week is my very good friends Elizabeth and Andrea they're married and they uh, were able to adopt their daughter this week (gasps) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. The pictures are gorgeous. Yeah, they already have a son, Brendan. And they're just, they, the adoption went through and they're able to like put, you know, because you can't, as foster kids, you can't put their pictures on social media. Uh-huh. So they were able to put her pictures up and it's just, I'm so happy for them. They've already posted like 10,000 pictures. Sure, yeah, they're so of happy. course, and yes. It's just, they're a gorgeous How family. How long were they fostering before they were able to adopt? Two years. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's a gorgeous family. They're amazing. I love oh, them. So they've fallen madly in love with her. And yeah. They're so happy. Yeah. They're Congratulations. So and they're just, they're great people. And they're, you know, Liz is my first girlfriend ever. I know. From a million years ago. And I love that we're all best friends. I, mean, I love her wife. Like, I, I love both of them equally. And I've been friends with them for years. So I love that. It's and really I love that about situation. lesbian relationships. Right? So I know everybody's awesome. like, don't talk to your ex. But I'm like, dude, I'll, I love my <laughs> most of my exes. Straight people, yeah. pay attention. Right? Okay. Who's your crush? Okay, my crush this week is kind of like, yeah. Uh, it's not a great one. I mean, it's a good one, but it's sad. Okay. It's not happy. Okay. My bestie lost his kitty cat today. That's really sad. So I'm crushing on little Vinny. Little Vinny. Skinny little Vinny. Skinny Vinny. He was a perfect, perfect little kitten. He was. He was he very was handsome. Such a sweet cat. And I say kitten even though he was like 15. So, but he was he's a beautiful though. He's beautiful. And I know Mike is heartbroken right now. So 
I You're love my Mike. Crush. Yeah, I do too. And I'm just honestly, there's no feeling in the world other than the absence of somebody that you love. It is I'm sorry. a horrible feeling. And yeah, so that's my crush this week. And kind of a, a full circle, you know, like a sort of a, a birth and a death. Like it's, they're sad and beautiful. And life is really strange like that. Yeah. Like it's really fucking sad. And then there are beautiful things that happen. It's really it's hard to see it. I don't, it, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I've had a little bit of experience with like some pretty major deaths in the last couple of years. And I've noticed this sort of circle, circular thing. I don't know, but um, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. You know, and Mike is such a good dude and he loves his animals so much. Yeah. He, I mean, he, that's the thing. Willie, he's been he posts on... so many beautiful pictures of his animals. Well, and... He's been on the, he's been like, you know, he's been having a hard time for a few months. And so this is just sort of, I mean, he finally started to get some like kind of turnarounds, you know, some good, you know, things happening and, and then this. So it's just sort of like, oh, you know, just sort of that, you know, that life cycle of like, mm, you finally take a step forward and it feels like 12 steps back. And it's just, it's heartbreaking for him in so many ways, but also it's yeah I mean it's it is the cycle of life and death and it is it's impossible and and manageable and awful that's life yeah and he's he's just I don't know he's got a great heart he has a he's a beautiful guy he's got a good soul and like I'm hashtag so, all men except for Mike I, re- I honestly can say all men except for Mike Mike is a different guy he just I don't there's something about him his whole like spirit and heart and every I don't know there's some there's a vibe I get from him that I don't get from many men and he's yeah. just he's got a good one and um yeah I mean and I love him so immeasurably I know I know you guys have the cutest friendship Vinny like oh Vinny was so fucking funny like he like he would flatten himself on the ground and like shimmy like kind of crawl shimmy, shimmy Vinny. around the like skinny Vinny that's why we called him skinny Vinny because he'd get so flat <laughs> Guy. I feel terrible for Mike. Yeah, I do too. Um, I'm just well, glad that Mike... Vinny's not suffering, and unfortunately, now Mike is. But yeah, so that's my crush. No, I mean that's you know I I don't I don't I don't know what to say there with the suffering thing. Like with Texas when he was sick, I get that like idea of like you don't want them to suffer, but also. I don't know that I I wouldn't I wasn't strong enough then. It's such to make a those choices. Fucking impossible decision. And I mean, he honestly, he's been you know there's there have been some issues leading up to this obviously. Yeah. So it's like it wasn't exactly out of the blue, but it's still that's why well, it's I, so hard because he had to make a choice. I I made the I I have made the choice now. No more no more you know no more picking and prodding. He's done with the vet in the way that, like, if something happens and he's hurt, I'm going to take him in. But, like, no more, you know, Texas, 15, 15 is a long life for dogs. Yes. He's he's happy. We're going to be happy until yes. we're, not, you know. Unless no something more, happens where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where I, I can help him where he yes. will be okay. But, like, what, I, what we went through the last year, no more picking and prodding. No more... You know, Texas, MRIs. Are you, okay? are you okay? Are you okay? No more, no more fucking like 
you know, all that stuff that makes them more stressed out and not and, happy. And it's so hard. It's so hard. I can't even to... think about it because, like, now I'm like, well, if something did happen, he would get an MRI and I would do it. Um, I get it. I, I get know. it. <sighs> it's impossible. I can't. I mean, like I, I, said, I feel it's... so bad for Mike. I don't. Yeah. It's it's an impossible decision, and there's no shame. I don't shame anybody for any decision that they make because. You know, before, you know, it's so easy to say, I would never let my dog suffer. The second they're sick, I would make that decision. But then when Texas was like, he couldn't lift his head. And he was like, there was one day when I was at Roe and Jess's house. And I was, I, well, I'm there now. And I was laying in the bed upstairs. Um, don't cry. <laughs> I was laying in the bed upstairs. And he was, he was like, I, I couldn't put him on a bed. He couldn't go on a bed because it wasn't, um, like flat and there was like movement and it turns out he had an an injury on his neck and like and it kind of led to his spine right so everything that moved him made her he couldn't lift his head so he was if you could imagine him his head was like down and he was going and he couldn't breathe yeah and i'm looking at him and i am when I say crying, oh, I God. am weeping. Falling. I am, yes. Like I called that that week, the week that I thought that I might have to put him down. I was the way that I was weeping. I called my mom, Stephanie, my roommate Stephanie, was a fucking angel, and she was like, because I walked in one day and I was losing it. I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to do, and I was begging him. I was begging Texas. I'm like, you tell me is this time does this mean it's time turns out it wasn't because he had just a fucking neck sprain <laughs> so he's right? probably like no it's not just let me bitch bitch me to the vet straight my fucking and he had gone to the vet the vets they did they take blood they did all these you know they can't right, tell right. with the sprain so they did all this stuff they saw, thought maybe it was a slip disc there's also degenerative disease yes and it you know and sort of like if it's that he's just gonna get worse the, I said five thousand dollars for the vet to be like i don't know i ended up and i'm gonna say this now because we're on air pawfy paw p-a-w-f-y is this company that makes these chews it's 40 fucking dollars those shoes are amazing and and i got the ones that were for pain and they weren't even medicated it was cat's claw extract um some other root fish oil a couple extracts and it was a chew in two days that motherfucker was his head was up he was walking up and down stairs the way that i almost put him down because i was like texas you can't he can't breathe he's crying he couldn't sleep because he'd lay here and i could tell he was in pain then he'd get up and go so i i laid in my floor in the basement i would lay there because i was trying to be you know if he wanted to be near me i was trying to be there and i didn't know what to do and i couldn't do it so i was crying i was hyperventilating i couldn't breathe <laughs> turns out it was a 40 fucking dollar supplement but still i that was a hard to say i guess I, I will I never judge like, anybody with with hoodoo our dog before echo i mean Look at hoodoo. hoodoo hoodoo was you know he had some issues long before he got too sick right like he had hip dysplasia which is really common. Which is very common, especially among his breed mm. and all of the different things. So, I mean, at a certain point, he was unable to walk. But he also had uh, vestibular... Uh, oh, fuck, what's it called? 
uh, vestibular, vestibular syndrome or something like that, which is basically an inner ear imbalance, right? So he had these two coinciding things where he had hip dysplasia. This so his not back, walking at all. Yeah. So his back, well, his one hip, his back right hip would not like fall in line. So he had a hard time there. And then he also, with the, the vestibular syndrome, he his head tilted to the right as well. So like when he started, when he got to that point where those two things kind of came together, he would kind of turn to the right a lot. You know, I mean, he would kind of go yeah. in circles because he didn't have the balance or the, yeah. or the ability. And so at some point he was unable to use his back legs at all. And so we ended up having to like start carrying him outside to go to the bathroom. So all of these were things where like, is he suffering or are we, you know, is he, but so hard here was it. the thing. I mean, like he never really seemed to be suffering. Yeah, That was the thing. Yeah. Like he had a good and happy and comfortable life. And like, I, he's just we like, were, he was just disabled. Yeah. Right. And, but but with animals, again, it's so hard to tell. And I remember my mom saying to me, like, you know, like, what's the plan here? Like, you know, I mean, how, how, what are you doing? And I was just like, you know, he'll let us know when he's ready. And that was sort of my only answer because exactly what you said, it's just fucking well, impossible I, I, to tell. There were, there were a few days that, I like was trying to ask him, but there was some reason that I didn't think he was. Like I just saw it. Like I didn't. But if he was like that again, and he, I mean that, like I could have put him down then. I don't think of it. Nobody would have argued it. He yeah. was like he couldn't lift his head. He was like, <sighs> yeah, constantly. He was so miserable. He couldn't yeah. move. Once I got him on supplements, he was better he's yeah. out actually I gotta get more um but also you know but then again like if something happens again I'm you know I don't want to I don't want to I feel like if you push it for past a month mm -hmm. a month give them a month to see if they're gonna start you know if he was like that for over a month I would have probably no I don't know I would have tried I would have made my mouth yeah. I would have called my mouth I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, what I would have done that's that's sort of the thing. I mean, like, yeah. Hoodoo definitely did end up, you know, sort of. I mean, if it was just that he couldn't walk or something, I'd be. But, like, the way that he was looking at me and he was yelping, and you couldn't touch him, he couldn't be comfortable. He couldn't lay yeah. in bed. I mean, with, he couldn't do anything. Yeah. With so, vestibular syndrome, I mean, like, it's it's something that you can have an attack of mm -hmm. as well. So, like, when, like, the yeah. attack happens, it's like they. It almost mimics a stroke. Yeah. So that's how we initially first I got him diagnosed with vestibular was because it was like a stroke. Yeah. And it was years before like all of like everything else kind of went down. Right. So like we were already familiar with the symptoms of the vestibular like incidents. Right. Yeah. Out, outside of the uh, sort of side effects of the incidents. Yeah. Right? Which is what he lived with. But like, and so he had several incidents, but like when the final incident happened and he was so debilitated, it was sort of like, I don't, I don't know what else to do because there's nothing more. I mean, all we're doing right now is keeping him comfortable and his quality of life is gone. Yeah. You know? and, that's, and, and that's, I when hope we, I'm, I'm at, I hope that's when we called the vet and you know, we, yeah. we, and, and we were fortunate enough to have the vet come to our house to do everything, you know? So, I mean, like I, I had my 
last night sleeping with him, like cuddled up with him. I can't, I can't, I can't even talk about it or think about it. It was that happened. I can't, I can't. And I'm so grateful for all of that. See, I and I honestly, I it was Amos and her mom and I when he was when he was given the you know final shot. Yeah, and I and we were all holding him, and I heard his last breath leave his body. No. In it, theory, yes, but I want Texas. I hate to say it. I horrifying want to just... and awful, and I have—I don't know if I've ever cried so hard in my life. But honestly, like I—I'm not—I don't regret any of that. That's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. There's this huge part of me, but it was that just wants him to for just months. pass. Yeah. yeah, you know, I love Texas. Yeah. In bed with me, fine, next to me. I can. I'm gonna be fucked yeah. if I find you that way but the idea of making that last day that decision I know. honestly I, I know this is so like, b- I, and I'm not looking this is not a cry for help if my family listens to this please don't nobody freak out I would honestly be concerned about myself like about me killing myself like in a way like in a dramatic like having to have that last day with Texas I could see myself like fucking like not Romeo and Juliet because we're not in love in that way but you know the fucking yeah. the two sisters listen like after Hoodoo passed like even though everything was like exactly yeah. as like perfect as you know I mean we had fucking water sounds on the TV for like 24 hours because he loved the beach I mean all the things oh, yeah. we gave him like a fucking Delmonico oh. steak and fucking <laughs> like corned beef and turkey and <laughs> and all of the like omelets and like peanut butter sundae for dessert, like everything you know it's like everything that we could possibly fucking do and like I still like shuffled around our house in my fucking robe for like several months and I legit felt like a fucking Hallmark movie like mom who'd lost her like yeah. child in a fucking kidnapping or something you know i mean it's these are our kids horrific it's horrific so all right well that's enough fuck sorry i'm so sorry clearly we're a morning podcast now by morning i mean m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g you can find us on Facebook, Queer Podcast, Instagram, Queerdos. No, Queerdos, Facebook, Queer Podcast, and Instagram. Yeah, you know, stay weird, be queer, Bye. and love you. Bye. She's so mean. I'm sad. Forty bucks every two weeks, and I'd be like, "What money?" Do you know what that made me think of? Mm-hmm. Parker Posey and Waiting for Guffman. Fucking that's dear queen. I've been working at the DQ for uh, uh, eight months. You know he's gonna coke. <laughs> and I just gonna coke. I fucking love her. I love her so much. I loved her in Parks and Rec. I, I love her in everything. I love her in everything too. <laughs>